0: Well, hey there, and welcome back to another awesome episode of the Business and Life Conversations podcast. I'm your host, Ange, from Angela Henderson Consulting, where I'm a business consultant and coach who has helped thousands of amazing women business owners to get all the pieces in place to have consistent five-figure months and then on to six and seven-figure years without burning out in the process. Now, I often assume that everyone knows what it entails when you work with a business consultant and coach. However, the truth is many people don't have a clue. How do I know they don't have a clue? I get emailed and DM'd and asked regularly what it's like, but I also get requests from people wanting me to bring on clients of mine who have either been my one-on-one clients, my mastermind clients, or my group coaching clients, so they can get a better understanding and a feel of what it's actually like to have a business consultant, why people have a business consultant and coach, and more importantly, how does this help their business to grow? So today, I'm thrilled to bring back Steph Taylor, who is a digital products launch specialist, and recently who has hired me as her business consultant a couple of times over the last six months to really nut out her strategy for both short and long-term goals. Our first session happened back in November, and during that session, we mapped out what packages, pricing, and equally a financial goal she wanted to achieve for 2020, January to December 2020, which was $300,000. Let's just say Steph did $300K just in the month of April. That's right. You heard correctly. $300,000 in one month. And so in today's episode, we're going to talk about so many awesome things, such as, but not limited to, what made Steph take the jump to invest in herself to work with me as her business consultant, how important mindset is for business growth. We're going to take a look behind the scenes into her 300,000K month, what has been her favorite part with working with me as her business consultant. We're also going to talk a little bit about exhaustion because there's a lot of business owners at the moment feeling exhausted. And we're also going to talk about some of the things that have come up now that she's hit a new revenue goal and so much more get ready for a brilliant episode. I may have also shed a bit of a tear on this episode due to the pure joy of seeing Steph kick her goals. Definitely a proud coaching moment. But before we hop straight into this amazing episode, I'd like to remind you that this episode is sponsored by my mastermind, the Action Takers Mastermind for Women in Business. It's a five-month online and in-person experience designed to get your business to the next level, whatever that looks like for you. The Action Takers Mastermind helps business owners like you to get clarity on where to put your focus, to get genuine information on what's possible, what works, and what's a waste of time. It also allows you to get helpful feedback on your ideas and start to create that long-term strategy. It also helps get perspective on your skills and your talents. It helps you to get introductions to new clients and the legs up to new opportunities. Well, equally, it allows you to get access to a community of like-minded women and business owners who understand and care about what you do. During the five months, you're going to get strategy sessions with me, emergency calls with me when you need help ASAP. You're going to get monthly hot seat calls, implementation sessions each month, five month access to the amazing Facebook community. So you've got that ongoing communication and support in between our weekly calls, a one day event at the Gold Coast and so much more. Is this sounding like my five-month action takers mastermind? might be what you need to get your business to the next level. Then head to AngelaHenderson.com.au and click on mastermind on the menu bar to apply for one of the 20 spots. Again, just head to AngelaHenderson.com.au, click on the mastermind, you know, a little button at the top of the menu. We start August 1st. That's right. August 1st, no time to waste. And we want to end 2020 with a bang. So make sure you apply because as I said, there's only 20 spots available. Now let's get into this amazing episode with Steph. Welcome to the show, Steph.
1: Thanks so much for having me, Ange.
0: Now I have to say I'm super excited because of the hundred and something episodes I've done, you are my first person I've ever invited back twice. So I was like, this is fun. I know. I was like, I was thinking about that. I was like, I don't think I've ever brought anyone on twice. So yes, you're my first. So I'm super excited to have you here. I feel so special. Thank you so much. Oh, gosh, no, thank you. And we're going to get into, you know, some of the nitty gritty about you working with me as a coach and what that has looked like. But before we do, as you know, I always like to ask a fun question for the guests that are coming on board. And my fun question to you is I know before we started recording this podcast, we were talking about the travel restrictions and you're like, oh, my goodness, I'm hanging to get back to New Zealand to see your family. So my question to you is, is what are you missing about New Zealand and what do people need to know about? the lovely country of New Zealand well I think the thing I'm missing the most
1: aside from my family is my parents dog Mm -hmm.
0: okay (laughs) you know like
1: nothing nothing like a little bit of a puppy cuddle (laughs) but I'm also really kind of sad because we're heading into ski season and I don't know if I'm going to get a ski trip in this year so you know, if in future years, any of you find yourselves in New Zealand, I highly recommend Queenstown. It's so worth visiting. Much, mm-hmm. much better than Auckland, where I'm from. <laughs> <But> <laughs> Auckland yep. Auckland's beautiful,
0: but it's not quite Queenstown. All right. So you get ski because I know last year you did a big ski trip, wasn't it, over in Utah when you were in the United States also? Yes. Last year I got two ski trips in, mm-hmm. Utah and Queenstown, which was, so that was special. Gosh, And just collectively, you know, we've been talking at time of recording, obviously, we still are in the aftermath of COVID, obviously, and how as entrepreneurs, you know, there's a little bit of exhaustion that is creeping in, right? Um, There's a little bit of just um, tiredness, you know, there's a lot going on in the world collectively. Um, What are your thoughts about like, how have you been holding up? To be honest, I have been struggling
1: a lot. And it's quite funny because, you know, when all of this hit a few months ago, I was like, yeah, this is great. I'm doing fine. And it's just been like this gradual, gradual decline. And as I was saying to you before we hit record, a couple of weeks ago, I was like, hmm, okay, I noticed my mental health starting to deteriorate. Like, what can I do to try and, you know, keep it all together? And, not um, not end up a steaming hot mess. So it's been yeah, it has been a bit of a struggle. But for me, it's been also making sure that I make time for things like exercise, Mm -hmm. eating well, trying to meditate every day if possible, which (laughs) doesn't always happen. But I try. Um, But it's just been prioritizing those things to stay afloat, really.
0: Yes. And I mean, I completely agree in regards to that prioritizing, you know, what we need. So just a few, well, a time of recording, it would have been a couple of weeks ago. I just said to the husband, I was like, listen, I said, I'm checking into a hotel. And he just like, looked at me and I was like, I literally need 24 hours where I don't have the interruption or wondering who's coming in the door next. And I was like, I just feel like I need 24 hours to get caught up. Um, and it was the best 24 hours. Like I can, I can literally crank out so much. And I do encourage people to look at what does self-care look like for you, uh, if, if regardless if it's COVID or if it isn't, you know, and a lot of people will say things like, well, Ange, it's, you know, it must be nice. You have money. You can go and do those things. But I just want to say they're like the hotel I stayed at was $135 for the night. Right. Um, it wasn't like I checked into a five star. I could have, but I didn't cause I chose not to. Um, it was on the water at South bank. It was beautiful. I went and got some Greek food, not once, but twice. And so for those of you that are like, you know, looking at that as a blockage, my thing is, it's like literally put $10 a week aside in a kitty that $130 in a, you know, in a quarter will add up. And you could do that every single quarter. I know I go to co-working spaces too. And, you know, for the co-working for the day is 50 bucks, you know? And so it's like, again, what are your priorities? But I had an amazing sleep, you know, I slept, was in bed at like 7.30, didn't wake up till the next day, 12 hours later, I had good food and I cranked out work. And so I just, I felt so much more rejuvenated after 24 hours. And I think you headed up to Noosa too.
1: Yeah. I spent four days up in Noosa. I mean, I'm. I don't have kids, so I can just, you know, put my life into my car and drive up the coast. But I, yeah, I spent four days in Noosa. I left my laptop in Brisbane and I basically switched my phone off for, you know, 22, 23 hours a day. Only switched it on once in the morning to check my emails, reply to anything that my VA needed assistance with, and then switched my phone back off again. Mm -hmm. And it was so good. It felt amazing because for so long I'd felt really mucky and exhausted. And I just didn't, I I was feeling uninspired. And I Mm -hmm. think just having those four days of space to read, to walk, to journal, to do the things that I don't normally have time to do, that kind of opened up that space for the ideas to come in. Mm -hmm. And it felt really good.
0: Yeah, when I and that's the thing is it's like when you give yourself space mm. to stop other things, naturally, just with the flow of energy, other stuff will start to come in, right? It's just like it's, you know, and as you know, Steph, I'm not woo. I'm probably 10% woo, 90% <laughs> not, right? But I, I think again, maybe it's the older I get, but I do think that there's something to do with the energy flow, right? And oh, if you're pushing okay. shit up a hill, then you're probably pushing energy, you're like going against the energy flow, you know. So those opportunities to just dis- to disconnect and be will help everything around you flow naturally.
1: But also, so what somebody pointed out, or maybe I read this online somewhere, but what a lot of us are struggling with at the moment is, you know, like good old Maslow's hierarchy, right? We need to feel safe before we can start to fulfill those other things like creativity. And if we're, you know, if we're in the survival mode of everyday life, And like right now, it's really a lot more survival mode than it has been in the past. If we're stuck in that survival mode, then we can't be creative. We can't, you know, be striving for all the other like big goals because we're just trying to stay afloat.
0: Oh, numbers And I also think, again, with survival mode is that we also compact that with the grief, right? And I think people forget that in our current climate, there's a lot of people, actually, I read an article from a psychologist that said everyone around the world will have some level of grief that they are yeah. impacted by through this. And grief, again, for people that don't know, is really just an essence of it's a loss of something. So kids, you know, my son was grieving the loss of being on the basketball team, the loss of being around his friends, the loss of his teacher. We then had that loss of, you know, say, security of income. loss of clients, loss of purpose, for example, for so many people, right? So you compact that level of Maslow, a hierarchy of needs, compact that with then the loss and grief that people are going through. um, And that fear of the unknown. I mean, it's a it's really quite heavy things that people have to think about.
1: Yeah, that's such a good way to put it. And I suppose even, you know, like some of the things, I guess, in some ways, like this was going to be my year of travel, I'm grieving that.
0: Mm -hmm. Exactly right.
1: Yeah. And it's it's such a first world problem. Like, oh, I can't travel. But it's the expectations and the excitement that I had for all of these trips that I was going
0: to go on this year that are no longer happening. Mm -hmm. It's sad. It is. It is sad. (laughs) Now, listen, not everyone, you and I, like you said, we have hung out multiple times uh, and we could talk for hours. All right. But For those listeners that don't know you, can you tell us a little bit about where you started? And I say where you started, Steph, and just yes, take us back a little bit, but where you are now, because in the last, you know, I would say less than 12 months, you have pivoted quite substantially in your business. And we'll talk more about that later, but tell us a little bit where you were and then what you're up to now. Wow. Do you want to
1: know where I was 12 months ago or like literally where I started? Well, yeah. I
0: think again, just because not, there'll be a lot of new listeners okay. that haven't heard yet. So start at the beginning. And okay. then yeah, we'll go through again, that kind of last 12 months scenario too. Oh, go pour yourself a cup of tea because you've been <laughs> here for a while. No.
1: So I have been in business now just over four years and I started out with a little e-commerce business. Now I, so I started a subscription box selling sugar free health foods. And I was doing this side hustling alongside my corporate job. And it was, you know, I was probably about two weeks out from launching this. I was getting up at 4 a.m., working on my side hustle, then going to my corporate job, then coming back from work at like eight, nine o'clock, doing maybe another hour of work, going to sleep. It was pretty, pretty full on. And about two weeks out from the launch, my body was just like, not, no more, And I ended up in hospital for a week with a really bad kidney infection. And while I was in hospital, I just remember thinking, thank goodness, I'm not at work right now. So I got out of hospital, handed in my resignation probably about three or four weeks later and went all in on this e-commerce business. And then very, very quickly ran out of money. (laughs) 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 Yes. So I ended up going to work for a startup part-time as their digital marketing coordinator. And that was the best decision I made because it kind of introduced me to the world of podcasting. And so from there, my boss at the time, he was very, very supportive. And he kind of encouraged me to, you know, pursue... uh, Another business. So I started doing marketing consulting and actually grew that into like almost like a little mini agency. It was myself and three others at its biggest point. Mm -hmm. Um, From that, I realized there were a lot of people out there who actually didn't have the budget to get a marketing agency in to do their marketing. They wanted to learn how to DIY. So I launched my first online course, which was a Facebook ads course. And about three months after that, I launched my podcast, which was a bite-sized online marketing podcast. Still is a bite-sized online marketing podcast. (laughs) It's shifted a little bit in focus. And basically, I realized, like, actually, I don't want to do the client work anymore. I really enjoy teaching people how to DIY their marketing. So I fired all my clients. Really, really good decision, bad decision at the time. but now i'm like thank goodness i did that at the time i was like oh my god where am i going to pay my bills <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: money's got to still come in yeah,
1: exactly so for about a year i was the kind of generalist marketer teaching people how to diy everything from instagram to facebook ads and it was fun but it was a bit of an uphill battle because i couldn't realize i couldn't figure out why i was really struggling to get customers i wasn't getting that traction And then I realized it was because I was known for everything, but I didn't specialize in anything in particular. So I guess for fast forward another year to what what was it about October last year, I decided actually, you know what, let's just pull the pin on this. Let's niche down into launch marketing, launch strategy. And I decided, you know what, I don't do general marketing anymore. I now help people to launch digital products and I help them to launch podcasts. So
0: that's kind of where we're at today. And let's just say, we'll talk about this in a little while, but you went from e-com potentially not knowing or having any money to firing all your clients to in the last you know, couple of months, having your biggest month ever, because potentially I would argue that you niche down to a specialty. That would be my opinion, but what would your opinion be?
1: Oh, 100%. And I think I I don't regret any parts of my business journey so far. I think that I learned so much in each stage of it, that it's also contributed to the growth that I had. I mean, for example, like the e-commerce business taught me the value of, you know, validating a product, talking to your audience, finding out what they want without having failed at that and without having learned that lesson the hard way, I don't think I would have been able to apply it to my current business as it is.
0: 100%. And that's where, again, a lot of listeners out there, you might be going, oh, mistakes or oh, my failure. But you and I are very similar train of thought is that those mistakes and failures are the lessons that we need to move us to the next level, right? Exactly. Is And without those lessons, we just keep repeating the same cycle over and over and over again, just like, you know what I mean, an old broken record. So mm-hmm. those lessons, Lessons are the goodness. And I say to the, those of you out there who might be feeling like failure at the moment or, you know, mistakes that you're making, embrace those. Because when you embrace those and look at them, the good things come, magic comes, you make more better informed decisions. You look at things a little bit more strategically. You, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. What are your thoughts?
1: Oh, a hundred percent. And there's also the saying, rejection is redirection.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I think that's a really good way to re- to reframe when you fail i mean for example last year i tried launching an online course on instagram marketing and the technology went belly up and it was just this huge big flop and basically i that was the catalyst that made me realize actually you know what now is the time to niche down if i hadn't failed badly at that launch i probably would still be the generalist marketer still struggling to get traction Mm -hmm. So, you know, sometimes you've got to look at the failures and be like, okay, what is the universe trying to teach me here? And I know you say you're not woo Ange, but like, you know, sometimes I feel like the universe is trying to
0: tell you like, 100%
1: try, try something different, you know? And I think again,
0: (laughs) there's something that I've, I guess I've embraced. I call it, call it intuition or call it what you will. But sometimes I think the the universe is giving you, I call it the nudge, right? Mm -hmm. Something keeps like, almost like tapping you on the shoulder but you just you can't see it and you're like what is that why do you mean And you kind of suppress it or you or whatever but I've really learned over the last few years in particular to embrace the nudge the nudge is like that for someone's the universe is saying like hey You got it. You can no longer bury your head in the sand. You really like, I'm trying to help you out here, you know, Um. the longer you suppress it, the worse I'm going to keep going. So I don't know if you've ever experienced a nudge, but that's how I kind of, you know, I've articulated it through the time is that it's the nudge, you know, that something's got to change.
1: A hundred percent. I think I think it's giving me the nudge at the moment. It's like, come on, Steph. Like now is the time to streamline and get everything together. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like I've been trying to tell you that for a while, but let's just wait until you're a hot mess and maybe you'll learn the lesson. And
0: we'll learn the lesson. Now, (laughs) I do want to talk about that because I think it's important when we talk about what happened in this three hundred thousand dollar month that you had. But before that, I just do want to back up a little bit about. I want others in this particular podcast because it is around a case study, around working with me as your coach. Mm-hmm. Around what do what do others need to know when they're going to ha- almost have to take that leap, right? And just trust that the net is coming, right? Like you're gonna, someone's gonna catch you. You're gonna be okay. But it can be scary as shit when you're first starting off in business to to really look at where to invest, what to invest. But I'm a firm believer. I've said it once, and I'll say it a million more times that transformation occurs when the transaction takes place, whether or not that's a five dollar transaction Transaction to an event, a ten dollars. You know what I mean? And you, I mean, I just dropped eighteen thousand dollars on my latest coach. Right? I could tell you, I shit myself when that happens. But it's so positive. So, for the listeners out there, I do. You know, can you tell them a little bit about like how did you hear about me and what were some of the challenges you were facing at the time before you hired me as your coach and what did that look like for you?
1: Yeah, how did I hear about you? I think we were friends probably for about a year before. Yeah. Cause we met at Weir podcast in 2018 mm-hmm. and I only mm-hmm. hired you at the end of 2019. That's correct. So yep. I guess, yeah, I guess it was just like a year of hanging out with you as friends and you being, and like just being like, holy shit, like Ange knows a lot. Like I have a lot I can learn from Ange. But I think like the biggest, like the biggest challenge for me in deciding to work with you was I had previously worked with a different coach back in. 2018 early 2018 and she was somebody who I had picked purely because I had really liked her content I'd never met her I didn't know anyone else who knew her I was just like oh this like this chick has awesome content so I reached out to her and we worked together and it was just such a letdown Mm -hmm. in that she didn't deliver all of the things that were promised there was I was promised support in between our sessions right and there was just never any replies to the emails or anything like that so that really left a sour taste in my mouth and left me being like oh like maybe I don't maybe I don't need to invest in a coach Like maybe I can just do this by myself Mm -hmm. Um, but then I think towards the end of 2019 I had just niched down into launch marketing and I thought actually you know what like I'm ready to step it up and I need to know I need like some sort of strategy behind my year. Yes, I can plan this all myself, but it's going to take me longer and probably not going to be as effective. So that was where you came in.
0: That's where, yeah, that's when we came in and we, do you know what I mean? It was great. I think we had dinner somewhere and we just started mapping yeah. everything out about what that, you know, what that was. And like you said, your biggest thing was, Ange, I'm I'm niching down, I'm making the shift, but we needed to look at redoing your packaging. We needed to relook at how your wireframe was going to work for your website. I know you were already working with someone, but I was like, hey, you know, I'd make these changes to convert a little bit better. And we really started getting into the nitty gritty What do you think when you took that, what made you take the jump, not even just in myself, because the thing is, is you've been investing in yourself for a while. And I I think that's important to know is I'm not the only person that has helped you on your business journey, but for you is what, when you make that jump Steph, when you make the shift to investing in your business and you know hire me as your coach but also other programs too like what is that shift like again is it was it a nudge telling you was it like you know like you can no longer do it on your own was it a time factor was it an efficiency thing like what were those things that you're finding like what made you take the jump where you're just like this is it I need to save time I need to work with the brains you know what does that look like
1: yeah I think with Like for you, with you, I, I think it was more just, I felt very mucky and I wanted somebody else who had the experience to be like, actually, this is what you should be doing and to like help me get that clarity. In other times when I've invested in, you know, like things like copywriters or, um, other, other services, that's been a time saving thing. But for you, with you, it wasn't really a time saving thing so much as, I know what my goals are. I just need somebody to kind of point me in the right direction, and a, you know, give me permission and say like, yeah, your goals are
0: achievable, and b, be like, okay, this is how you're going to achieve them. Absolutely. So let's talk a little bit about achieving those because we we mapped out a pretty, uh, what would you say, ambitious? Is that the <laughs> word I want to say? It was ambitious at the time. <laughs> strategy, and I remember you looking at with me with your big eyes, like big pretty eyes, by the way. But you looked at me and you're like they were almost like popping out of your head. You're like Ange do you know these numbers? Do you like, is this achievable? And I'm like, fuck yeah, this is achievable stuff. Like if anyone can do this, you can do it. And just recently you sent me through a screenshot and I'm not going to disclose numbers, but you sent me through. I'm happy for you to disclose numbers. I'm an open book. Yeah. yeah. So you, (laughs) you sent me the screenshot and you said, Ange, this is year to date. And do you want to, you know, do you want to disclose those numbers? It was like, Uh, go ahead. It was, it was mind blowing. I can't
1: remember what it was when I sent it to you, but basically we set, you and I set my annual revenue goal for 2020 calendar year uh-huh. to be 300,000 uh-huh. and I hit that, It or well, 300,000 US, I hit 300,000 Australian in one month and I hit 300,000 US in like six weeks.
0: I mean, when you sent it to me, I was like, oh my God, this is amazing, <laughs> you know? And I was just so proud of you because as I say is I can coach and give strategy, but your success or failure will still always come down to you guys, right? Because you still have to take the action or inaction and you like, there's a fire in you staff. You were just like 300,000. I'm going to get it in this, you know what I mean? Calendar year, January <laughs> to December. And like I said, you did 300 K in just one month alone, right? Yeah. Which was just amazing. So what do you think? Obviously, yes, we had strategy and yes, we had that. But I also think that there's other things inside of you that drive you. So what was it that you think that you had the biggest month in your business career at this stage?
1: I think it was a combination of things. So I had, um, I had previously live launched my A to Z podcast launch plan, which is like $197. It's not even a course. It's literally $197 step-by-step plan for how to launch a podcast mm-hmm. and I had previously live launched this a couple of times and I knew 2020 was going to be the year that I put it on evergreen mm-hmm. so with an automated webinar and just ticking along in the background and start and ran Facebook ads to that and at the same time COVID hit mm-hmm. everyone in the world started pulling their Facebook ad spend Facebook ads got really cheap my evergreen webinar funnel became very profitable so mm-hmm. I just kept more money into these ads. I was like, okay, cool. We're spending, you know, $5,000 a day on ads and it's bringing me in 10. This is cool. Yep. What, what's going to happen if I start, you know, spending seven, eight, I think at the peak, I was spending $10,000 a day on ads and basically doubling that money,
0: mm-hmm.
1: which is incredibly scary because, you know, you're putting $10,000 in for sales that are only going to come in the next day.
0: Right. So, so it's still a risk, yeah. right?
1: Yeah grand because you know people might not buy the next day technology might break something might happen so it's a huge risk Um, so that was probably the big thing was how cheap the ads were at the time Mm -hmm. they have subsequently got more expensive but also a lot of people with COVID suddenly found themselves working from home so they had more time to attend webinars they a lot of people found themselves without a job so they were like okay maybe learning how to launch a podcast is a cool way to upskill mm-hmm. a lot of business owners who were suddenly having to rethink their whole marketing strategies were like oh well a podcast is free versus paid advertising which isn't free mm-hmm. So they were starting to invest in podcasts as well so I think it was a lot of very fortuitous timing and I mean, I'm, I'm not going to say there wasn't hard work involved because I live launched that program many times to get it perfect before I put it on automated.
0: And how much of this came down to trusting the process and Come equally, <laughs> your, are equally the mindset around that?
1: Yeah. And so this is the thing, right? So I had previously tried to evergreen other courses and it just hadn't been profitable. So in my mind, I almost had this limiting belief like, oh, this isn't going to work. Mm-hmm. Evergreen doesn't work for my business. But luckily, I just pushed through it. I was like, no, you know what? Like, I've consistently had very good live launches of this product. And that's probably part of the reason why I live launched it so many times. I was scared to put it on Evergreen because I thought it was going to be a waste of money.
0: Right. Mm -hmm.
1: So, yeah, a lot of it was mindset.
0: Women in business, get ready to ignite your success and elevate your game. Join me for an exclusive three day Women in Business Conference from October 31st to November 2nd at the breathtaking Gold Coast, Australia. Designed exclusively for online business owners, service based business owners, coaches, consultants, and course creators. What to expect at this amazing three day Women in Business Conference? Expect an immersive experience filled with fun, empowering keynote speakers, interactive workshops, networking opportunities with other successful business owners. Gain valuable insights, forge meaningful connections, and leave inspired to take your business to new heights. 12 speakers have already been announced, with five more speakers being announced shortly. We have Steph Taylor joining us, Anita Seek joining us, Lisa Cordiff joining us, and not to mention Manny from Sound Healing Australia, who will be there for the most magical sound healing experience ever. You do not want to miss the event of the year for women in business. To secure your ticket, head to AngelaHenderson.com.au today. And for mindset for you, this is something that you've been working on over the years. And if there's one piece of advice that you would talk about business from a mindset, what would you say to those listeners out there?
1: Oh, goodness. One bit of advice. Oh, I think get really familiar with the limiting beliefs and the stories that are Mm -hmm. holding you back. I don't think my business really started to grow until I started realizing what these things were, you
0: know? And, and I think, again, sometimes it could be fear of success, fear mm-hmm. of like, there's so many things that we've been telling ourselves, especially around money blocks, right? That you yeah. know, growing up, Denise Duffield Thomas, a good friend of mine who's like the queen of money blocks, right? She talks about those things. And I'm curious to know now that you've hit this threshold, obviously, again, we were going to do 300K in the 12 months, you'd done that in a month, right? My question to you, Steph, is, is, have you noticed any any wobbles in the mindset sh- since then hitting these goals? <laughs> like, what does that look like for you now? Because it's like some people out there be like, okay, well, now she's hit the 300 and, you know, she must have like this super strong mindset. And it still could be true. I think, again, that doesn't go away. But have you noticed any wobbles since hitting that goal and oh, going, holy goodness. shit, like, actually, now what? Yeah. Seriously. I honestly,
1: I didn't, I, I thought... I thought that the biggest challenge I would have at this level of revenue would be figuring out how to spend my money. (laughs) Yep. It's really not. Honestly, this has been mindset wise. This has been the most challenging time because I started feeling like I wasn't worthy of it, right? Mm -hmm. Like that was, that was a really big one. I was like, oh, like I don't deserve to be making this kind of money out of a $197 product. And then there was also, you know, there was a lot of fear, like, what if this stops working? Mm -hmm. What if it stops bringing in money? And I mean, like it subsequently, I was telling you before we hit record and like, it's got more, the ads have got more expensive and it stopped being profitable. So I need to go in and tweak things. Mm -hmm. And that's okay because, you know, the world hasn't ended. My business is still bringing in revenue. It's not bringing in $300,000 a month anymore, but that's okay. Yeah. So I think there was a lot of fear around, yeah, fear of success, fear of failure, fear of disappointing people. I mean, you want to serve everyone, but when you're selling, you know, 2000 copies of an online program, it's really hard to keep everyone happy. And it's always like, you know, you might have 1,997 really happy people, but it's the three people who aren't happy that will get to you. Mm-hmm. And I really struggled with that, yeah.
0: And what was it that you think that you struggled most with? Was it, again, just like just the way they spoke to you, the way they or did they expect something from you? Like what do you think? Was there any common denominator with that? Because I can only assume that a lot of listeners out there, we all deal with people who just aren't as happy as what we would hope them to be.
1: Yeah, so the the ones that really got me were the ones who complained because it wasn't an online course. Gotcha. And, even though I clearly describe that it, it's not an online course, I felt very disappointed—or like not disappointed, but almost like it was a personal attack—because I know how much, like I know how amazing the launch plan is, and I know that people can get the exact same results that they would if they took an eight-week online course about how to launch your podcast. The idea is that it gets them there quicker, mm-hmm. and because this product is something that I've created, I've poured my own energy into it. I felt like. I don't know. It's like a. It's it's almost like a, oh, you're not good enough. Like what you've created is not good enough. Right. You know? Yeah. Like, and that's, and that's when that
0: wobble stuff starts to come back, yeah. right? Like, all right, to heck with the one thousand nine hundred and ninety seven people that rocked it. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, fuck you, you three of you. Do you know what I mean? Like, because again, but I think also you probably were naturally on that high too, going, oh my God, this is working. This is great, right? And it's like, I guess what I'm trying to say is it's also normal to understand that you can still feel the feels even when you're hitting 300K, when you're going to be hitting that million for the year, all that stuff, right? And it's important to acknowledge it. But then I'm assuming knowing you, Steph, that you're probably like, okay, this sucks. They've tampered my mood a little bit. But you, what did you do to get past that? I mean, a lot of the time it's just, it's something that, by the
1: next day, I've forgotten about it, yeah. but it usually does ruin my day a little bit. Yep. I try not to let it, but unfortunately, like it is still something that I take personally. Now I just have my assistant dealing with all customer support, so I don't even see those emails. Thank goodness.
0: Yep. So they, and that's what I was going to say. Yeah, me. Denise does that too. Denise is like, listen, I. Leave it to the assistant. If it's going to help us, great. Let's have a chat about it. But if it's going to just bring me down, you know, I don't need that. You know, refund them or do whatever we need to do. Right. So it's just kind of like, that's great that your VA has been able to step into that because it's not that you don't want to get that feedback and approve. But if people are just going to whinge to whinge, it's not actually there's not much improvement we can do. Right. It's kind of like that's on them. And and I also think that it's important that in business that some we can't control what other people feel right? We can't. We can only control that we delivered what we said we were, that we're being a good person, that we can lay our head on our pillow at night. But a lot of times we also don't know what other people are going through, right? Exactly.
1: And a lot of the time what they complain about is a projection of their own issues, their own stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, Like another thing that I had a few complaints about was my products in US dollars. And I very clearly say on the sales page that it's in U.S. dollars. But I had a lot of Australian customers reach out and say, like, "Oh, this is, you know, this has come out to be nearly four hundred dollars after the exchange rate. I didn't realize it was in US dollars. I assumed because you're Australian, it was in Australian dollars. I'm very disappointed. I even had one person threaten to um, take me to the, I don't know, ombudsman. Ombudsman. Yep. Yeah. And it's, I mean, for them in their perspective, it's probably like they might have spent that money, not realized how much the conversion was going to be.
0: And then they felt disappointed in themselves because of that. Right. Mm -hmm. They're like, oh my goodness, I didn't budget it. We're in the middle of COVID. I thought it was this. And and so again, you can empathize. But at the end of the day, it's like, hello, people. This is clearly USD. Yeah. And speaking of USD, I mean, it's something that I think it's important to also talk about is, is a lot of our expenses as we, as you grow, right, is Mm -hmm. there are a lot of tools and things that you need to evergreen, right, your funnel in order to stitch things together. And a lot of times for those of you that aren't here yet is we are paying USD for these particular tools we need for our business to run. And so again, there will come a time where, you know, businesses, there's certain things I charge in USD. I know Steph, you charge USD. And it's not like we're trying to rip people off. It's but our expenses are in USD. And people sometimes don't know about that. What are your thoughts?
1: thoughts about that? Oh, 100%. And I think COVID really reinforced how important it is for me to charge in USD because, you know, at the height of things in March, for every $1 of US dollar expenses, it was costing $1.60 in Australian dollars, right? Mm -hmm. So that might not seem like a huge amount at small scale. But when I mean, I was I, I was getting I was paying about $1,500 US a month just for Zapier, which mm-hmm. is just the app that connects all of my different apps, right? Mm-hmm. Because I had that many tasks going through it. So can you imagine, you know, that's almost $4,000 with, um, with the exchange rate if I was to pay that in Australian dollars, plus exchange fees, plus the exchange rate that you get through your credit cards, not always the best. So I mean, for me, I have a separate US dollar bank account now where everyone who pays through PayPal for my products, it stays in US dollars and that gets paid out into my US dollar bank account. Mm -hmm. So I'm paying for these subscriptions without ever having to convert it into Australian dollars first.
0: And that is saving me thousands of dollars a year. Yeah. And so again, it's about being smart with the money, right? Um, and again, you might not have to do that now, but for those of you that are sitting there and you might have, you know, you're working with international people, you know, this is why we charge in USD, right? But well, that's what would be a whole nother podcast we can talk about stuff.
1: <laughs> I've done an episode on that because it is such a common question.
0: It is. And some people can get really anarchy about it, but it really comes down to business strategy in business sense, right? <laughs> like we still have to have a business or else we're not going to be able to serve as many people as we want doing what we want to help them grow, right? I had
1: somebody, oh my God, Ange, I had somebody leave a podcast review on my podcast saying, this chick recorded a whole episode justifying why she charges in US dollars, and her whole reasoning was because of the exchange rate. She also includes GST for Australian customers, and I bet you she doesn't even pay this to the tax office. I was like, "Whoa!
0: <laughs> oh my goodness! It's Like, what? you woke up on the wrong side of the bed today, <laughs> yeah. buddy. You know? Oh my goodness, you yeah, know? But again, you just have to go. I can't control what they're thinking or feeling. You know what I mean? Like, it's just yeah. like, thank you for sharing this with me. But clearly, yes, I do have to pay GST. You know, like the tax man is coming after me, right? Like this isn't, I mean, I'm talking about this on podcasts around the world. Do you think if I don't get audited, there's going to be a problem? Like it's just sometimes exactly. of like common sense here. right? Yeah. So now when you've been working with me as your business coach, I'd love for you to share the people about what's been the favorite thing that you've loved working with me as a consultant perspective.
1: I like that you're as straight to the point as I am. Mm-hmm. Um, I find a lot of people can be very waffly and I'm just like sitting there. I'm like, dude, like just get to the point. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Whereas I think we have, you and I have very similar styles Mm -hmm. like that. So I've really enjoyed that. I've enjoyed the fact that you also have that U.S. perspective. You've invested that money in yourself and you've been very good at keeping a pulse on what's happening around the world, not just in our Australian space, And that has been really good for helping me with ideas. I mean, like you've inspired the idea behind my newest product Uh (laughs) that I'm I'm working on at the moment, right? Because you are like, oh, look, this is what a lot of people are doing in
0: the US. Why don't we give this a try? Absolutely. And so, and I think that's where, for me, is is there's also difference, and I talk about this is you can have a mentor, you have a, you can have a coach, and you can have a consultant, right? I think again, those mentors are out there. That again, it might be it's typically quite informal. It's not normally paid, right? Um, you it could be someone in your field or not in your field. They're obviously still going to help you grow, but it's not very specific. I find coaching. I find again, coaching is great, but a lot of times the coaching is there's a little bit more fluff, in my opinion, and there's also an essence of. They will take something from the client, reframe it and put it back, right? Whereas whereas a consultant, in my opinion, um, is someone who you're asking like, I need strategy and I need advice based on my particular business. How can we do this? You're like, I don't need the fluff. I just need to. So for me is I never want people to be dependent on me. I still want people to have a voice, but I look at my style as 75% consulting, 25% coaching, because people are going, I want to grow to a six and seven figure business, or I want to make five figure months. How do I do that? Please don't tell me to like go research this just tell me how to do it right um so yeah so I look at that kind of 20 or 75 25 on there now and for those listeners who are like listen I've been wanting to work with you know a business consultant like Ange or just someone else in general what words of encouragement would you give them for those people that are sitting on the fence I would say
1: it's worth okay so it, it feels risky right but you've got to risk something to get better things Mm-hmm. You know, like the only way to improve is to risk something. And I think it's 100% worth it. I think if you start to invest in yourself, you start to back yourself. This is going to sound really woo-woo, but the universe starts to back you too.
0: Yep, you know?
1: 100%. And maybe, maybe it's not the universe. Maybe it's just that you start to show up and play a bigger game because you've invested that money into yourself. But I, I believe it's the universe. Mm-hmm. And I think that's when things start to happen. Like if you start to take yourself seriously, everyone else starts to take yourself seriously. So. Absolutely. And I
0: think that there, again, there's any time I've invested in anything, there's an increase in confidence, mm, inc- increase in um, like, again, your presence, your authority, your credibility. Like you, you almost have a bit of a, uh, like when you're walking, do you mean like you got a pip in your step, right? It's just kind of like, you're like, there's something about it. And like, I go back to what I was saying is transformation occurs when the transaction takes place, right? It's like, it could be big, it could be small, but there's something that when you give your credit card and invest in something, the, the world works for you. Right. Um, you don't have to make it work, but again, I'm not just throwing money aside just to throw money aside. Like I'm going to make this work. And so for those people who are, like you said, they're sitting there, they're like, yep. And you're just going to do it. Do you believe that again, how much of it is, do they need to actually put into making this work? Oh, it's all on you. I mean, you like, and you can give them the best advice, but if like, they're not going to put the work in.
1: Yep. Then, exactly. Yeah.
0: And that's what I say is I always say, you know, people will come to me and say, Angela, I want to work with you. And now that I'm working with you, uh, you know, I'll hit that six and seven figures. And I'm like, ah, actually I'll guide you. I'll support you. I'll nurture you. I'll give you all that. But it still comes down to whether or not you're taking action or not, whether or not like that still comes down to you as the person, you know, that's driving your own business. Yeah. And
1: I think, I mean, like you're always going to have to put the work in, but working with somebody to guide that action means that you potentially have to put less work in because you're taking The right actions. You're not making mistakes. You're not wasting time. You're not doing work for work's sake. You're just taking smart action.
0: And how much do you think businesses? Again, I've done it with you on on the occasions that I've coached you and stuff is. But how much do you think strategy plays into success in businesses?
1: I'd say it's pretty important. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, like as somebody who spent probably the first two and a half years in business just flailing around trying to figure it out myself, I think. I probably could have got here a lot quicker had I had better strategy. Mm-hmm. But you know, like you learn, you live and you learn. I yeah, think absolutely. It's, it's a good time uh, saver.
0: My current coach says uh, she says you're right on time.
1: Yeah, you know, and I, I do,
0: I do believe no matter where you are right now, and if you're listening, and if you're like great, Ange, you know, we might connect to work together, whatever. it is, you're right on time. Mm-hmm. you can't you can't change that you know so she's just like if you're late to the call she's like yep no worries you're right on time that you could have just avoided a head-on collision right or oh, again yes. Facebook ads you're right on time the algorithms just changed it's cool don't worry about it we got it in our next strategy right so I do believe for those of you that are listening you know there's never a time you can't change the past you can't change the future you're right on time I love that so now final question Steph what do you know i oh, actually no 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 I do yeah. want to talk about this, but then I was like, no, I want to ask one more thing. You talked earlier on though, about now that you've gotten where you're at and you thought the biggest problem that you would have is how am I going to, you know, mm-hmm. when do I get the champagne delivered and where's my pool boy at 9am, right? <laughs> you know, you thought that was going to be your problem. But now one of the things that you talked about, and I think it is, I just want to talk a little bit about it is that you're now like I've got to streamline and I too am going through something similar in my business where I've just hired an online business manager to work with me for the next 90 days. Um, you know, and bringing on these, you know, I think I've got some good policies and procedures and processes in place, but now when you get to the scaling point of your business, how important do you think it's going to be in order to streamline and be more efficient? I think if any, if I've learned anything from my massive
1: month, I realize just how important it is to streamline everything. Because when you scale things, you're also scaling the problems, right? Mm. And little things that had never been a problem before, like replying to my Instagram DMs, I'd always been on top of my DMs. And suddenly I found myself like a good day was if I had a 100 unread DMs.
0: Oh, yep. Mm -hmm.
1: (laughs) And suddenly that was like, oh, do I need to think about outsourcing my DMs? Like, this is
0: weird. Mm -hmm. But again, it's like, again, you're going to have to streamline because if you're growing, everything else in your business is naturally going to be growing also.
1: Exactly. And like, you know, comments on Facebook ads, again, that had never been a problem. Mm -hmm. And it had always been something, you know, there were two or three comments, I could just reply to them when I went onto Facebook and then suddenly at scale you know when you're spending $10,000 a day on facebook ads everyone wants to comment on your ads
0: right and they're just like <laughs> they're usually gonna...
1: very useless
0: <laughs> yeah exactly we're just going we're going to drop something here this could either impact you positively or negatively but again yeah. you've got to you got to be on top of it you have got to be responding or yeah. links not working or whatever that is mm. and how much also do you believe that you know getting close to that million dollar mark my friend how much do you believe is going to be a necessity for business owners to, talk, to have a scalable product?
1: Oh, can I say mindset? I know that's not really product related, but I think they have to have the mindset. Mm-hmm. I don't think, I think like, so the last year I have put so much time into working on my mindset. And if I think back a year ago, I was like, why do I not have a million dollar business yet? Why is this just not happening for me? And now I look back and I'm like, I didn't have the mindset for a scalable product, right? Mm-hmm. I didn't have the mindset for a scalable
0: business. hmm Yep. It's a mindset it is. And I do I like, it. exactly right. So again, it's like you were right on time, right? Is like exactly. the universe was saying like, Hey, this is what stuff can handle right now. This is where we're yeah. working with. My thing is, it's like, if I look at the businesses collectively though, and those ones that are like, if you've got a $10,000 product, right? You might have to sell fewer of those in order to hit the million, but not everyone might potentially jump from $0, you know, not knowing you to having sex with you on the first hit at $10,000, <laughs> right? So I think there is, again, that mindset to creating that scalable product and then being able to put that into force to equal that seven, eight figure business model Yeah, it's super I- important.
1: There's so much, uh, something I notice a lot with my clients is they feel like they have to have a lot of different products Mm -hmm. to hit that seven figure business. And you don't need all of the different products. You need like one or two really good ones. And they don't even have to be expensive ones. I mean, you know, like $300,000 in that month came from literally one product that was $197. Because I focused so much energy onto that product. And I think if you're trying to create all of these different products, you end up with all of these products, but you've never focused enough time and energy into one particular product to really scale it and see it through.
0: And I think that's where, again, that comes down to like that whole entire strategy, right? Is I've just, and I think again, not strategy, but also just shiny object syndrome, right? (laughs) Oh, I get bored with this. I'm going to try this. Oh, that product didn't work. It doesn't necessarily mean that product didn't work. It might just be that you didn't execute a strategy behind that particular product from beginning to end. Like, did you actually launch, like, did you honestly give it a fair go at launch? No, well, come day three, I wasn't just feeling it, so I only sent another email. Well, that's probably not a fair scope, right, to understand yeah. that you did a launch the way that was necessary. Uh, yeah. Did I throw ads at it? Oh, well, I tried an ad, but then it got denied, and then I didn't do ads again. Okay, well, you don't have to do ads, but if you're going to want to scale, you're probably going to have to have ads in there at some stage, unless you've got a yeah. shit ton email list, right? So, you know, all these things. But I think it is great that, again, you've brought that back to the mindset is, I believe business success is, 85% mindset, 15% strategy, right? As I think it's super important that we've got the strategies, that we've got the guidance and all that. But, you know, even when I work with people, Steph, I'm very big about, uh, I will choose very collectively of who I work with because if they've got that super wobbly mindset and they're going to cry after everything that goes wrong, don't get me wrong, I've shed enough tears. <laughs> Make sure. shed, your, shed your tears, but then, okay, the next day is another day. How are we going to move this forward? What are we going to do, right? And when I see people in that kind of fixed mindset, it's going to be very difficult because everything's going to be Debbie Downer. So again, for those of you, you know, on mindset, make sure again, you're working on it, working on those stories, working on those belief systems, you know, that have been ingrained of you for many years. And there's always room to change if you're willing to change.
1: Yeah. And read a lot of mindset books, because the more that I learn about mindset, the more I realize I don't know what I don't know. Mm-hmm. You know, like you, you it, what's going on your head? In your head, you're just used to that. You don't realize what's right, what's wrong, what needs to be changed. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Yep. and I would say like if you're looking for mindset, Lisa cordiff is a dear yeah. friend of both of ours. You know, she's phenomenal. I'd also look at who trained Lisa is a guy by the name of Jim Fortin, and it's J I M, and then his last name is Fortin F O R T I N. His uh, podcast, oh, it's amazing. His podcast is great. I do say though, is if you're really just starting on the beginning part of mindset, don't jump to episode 52 because you like the title. Really go through episode zero through 14 because Jim does a really great way of like layering what you need to do and bringing you on that journey to kind of give you the foundations about where you need to uh, where you should really kind of explore and think about and then he kind of moves into particular situations that's my thoughts around the podcast yeah and it's also never done, right? Your mindset work is never
1: done. Like just no. when you when you're like, oh, I've made progress, then you're like, ah, oh, we've got the next layer of the onion to. Well, un- I also think again <laughs> too
0: is as I'm a believer that again a five figure mindset is different to a six figure mindset, yeah. seven figure mindset, eight figure. And I've had multiple conversations with people around this, and again, it's it's always constantly you know uh, um, evolving. I will say again is and my current coach. One of the things is that she has is she's got these. Um, back pocket, uh, how does she call it? Back pocket mentors, right? Mm -hmm. And so one of the first things I did is you get access to however many mentors it is. And one of the mentors was a money block mentor, and I, and my friend, as, as I said, Denise, she talks a lot about just yeah. do it. Try kinesiology, try this and try what works and then you'll see what works for you. And so I was like, all right, dude, we're going, we're going game in here. So I went in and I met with this lady to do money box and it was like mind blowing. Like genuinely the stuff she said, there's like, I literally filled out my name, my last name, my email and booked the appointment. And she just hit me with this bang on the first one. I was like, oh my gosh. So yeah. So again, I think we work at different things, but if someone would have told me that, That I was going to be me meeting with a money mind person or around money mindset uh, on whatever week it was last week, 10 years ago, I would have laughed at them, Right. So (laughs) I guess I'm, I'm noticing common denominators about those people that are hitting the seven, eight and nine, 10 figure businesses. Right. Is that they genuinely mindset is key for that growth. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. All right, my friend. But well, like I said, we could talk for hours and oh, hours. Yes. <laughs> and so my question to, my final question to you is again is what do you know now that you wish you knew when you first started in business? Oh, everything. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> what a tough question. Um
1: okay, so I'm I'm not gonna talk about mindset here, although there's so much mindset <laughs> I wish I knew but let's try something different. Okay. Um, What do I wish I'd known? Probably that you're in the business of solving problems for people. So you can have the best idea in the world, but if nobody actually wants your idea or nobody wants your product, then it's going to be a real struggle to sell it. So such a huge part of your business success is going to be figuring out, okay, what is my audience struggling with? How can I help them? what transformation am I giving them, you know, like getting really clear on those things so that you can have super tight messaging and not feel like it's an uphill battle selling. I mean, that is the biggest mistake I made in my first business. And I made it again, like subsequently, it was something, one of those things I had to make multiple times before it clicked. And I was like, this is why it's not working. So yeah, Mm -hmm. get super clear on that.
0: Yep. Again, you can't polish a turd, my friend. (laughs) Exactly. You can't polish a turd. (laughs) For those of uh, those listeners out there that are like, listen, I'm wanting to launch a podcast or I'm looking at launching a course or I've just launched something and potentially my launch was shit. That is your go-to zone of genius, my friend. Where can they find you if they need help with launching?
1: Yeah, you can find me. I live over on the internet at stephtaylor.co. I'm also on Instagram at stephtaylor.co. And I have my podcast socialette. It's in all of the major podcast apps, but
0: you can also find it at stephtaylor.co forward slash podcast. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much, my friend. And as your business coach, I'm so proud of you. So Aww, thank you, of you, Ange. Uh, you know, there's I mean, I work with a lot of amazing women, but to see you again, I would look at it as like a seed you started and you've just grown and grown and grown. And I don't get too emotional. Oh, Ange. I am uh, very proud of you. So, so proud oh, of you. Thank you. So, yes, pull it together, Ange. But, uh, yes, i <laughs> no, like so proud. Like, I just I like, get your messages and I'm like, oh my God, she's just killing it. And I'm just like, you know, this, this is just like, again, when you put your mind to it and you are dedicated to investing, but equally dedicating to trusting the process And dedicating to do, I mean, take action on you know understanding your own stories and beliefs. I mean, this is what can come. So for those listeners that are out there, that I'm like the the blocks or whatever, work on it. Right? Again, you've been working on it. You continue to work on it. I continue to work on it. We all continue to work on it. But when you work on it and you make that solid choice and you choose to take responsibility for yourself and your business, these are the things that can come from it. Right? So you know, keep being amazing. And the people that you're serving are so lucky to have you in your corner. Again, as a launch person who launches myself, launching is not easy. So again, if you're at that stage, that really sticky stage where you're like, I've got this killer course, I need to get it out, you need to speak with staff because this is, like I said, truly her zone of genius is that launching strategy. So now, Thank you so much. and before we sign off for the rest of you, if you're wanting to, or because Steph and I do talk very, very quickly, uh, if you do uh, need any of the links, they will be over at AngelaHenderson.com.au where we will be putting everything together in the show notes. And as I mentioned earlier, if you do enjoy this episode, I'd love for you to share it, especially over on Instagram stories. You can tag me at Angela Henderson Consulting, And you're, what are you, Steph? What's your handle? Oh, Taylor.co. Yeah, just want to make sure I don't miss a co-op. <laughs> um, so again, that would be awesome. And for the rest of you, I hope you have a beautiful day, no matter where you are in the world. And I look forward to you joining me again next week for another amazing episode of the Business and Life Conversations podcast. Thanks again, Steph. And I hope you have a fab night. Thanks, Ange. Thanks for listening to the Business and Life Conversations podcast with Angela Henderson. www.angelahenderson.com.au